So we're glad here. This is Anchored in Hope with Father Larry Richards, and we are glad you're here. We take questions every week right now. Uh, so I have a lot of questions here in front of me, but I also have you type in questions on the side here, and I will answer as many as possible. Okay? So let's pray. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, you are God. And you are present here with us at this very moment. We acknowledge your presence. It's your presence that makes us all one, no matter where we are throughout the world. You are with us, and you make us one. Jesus, fill us with your Holy Spirit, that your Spirit may set us on fire, that your Spirit may make us strong, loving, and wise, that your Spirit may lead us always to do the Father's will, that we may live this life to do the will of the Father as you did. And so as we live the will of the Father now, that one day we get to be with you and the Father and the Holy Spirit and all the angels and saints forever and ever, we beg you these things, Lord Jesus, in your most holy name, amen. Mary, Mother of Jesus, pray for us. Good Saint Joseph, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. <laughs> Every week it seems like it's something, doesn't it? Yeah, I know, I'm sorry. Uh, we'll get this right as time goes on. Next week I'm going to be interviewing uh, Dr. Ray, so we're going to start doing our interviews, and I have about 50 different people I want to interview uh, soon. Again, I, I don't want to bring people on the show who are going to cause controversy. I want to bring people on the show who are going to bring hope. My hope is that every time you listen, whether it's me answering questions, whether it's me being with someone else, that this gives you hope and inspires you to, to bring light and hope and love to others. You know, again, I've lived life both ways where I bring more controversy. Every time I open my mouth, I bring a controversy and I bring a judgment on people and I've lived life of hope. And the more I see, the more I look that this is who God is. God is love and he wants us to be love even when we're challenging people, no matter what, we do it out of love to give hope. So that's what this is going to be about. So uh, continue to pray for us as we continue to grow and to do everything God wants. Okay, no sound, I own sound, I know, I got it. Thank you, though, for <laughs> telling me. <laughs> and again, when it, we're still working with... Um, a spectrum on my daily homilies and Sunday homilies. It's still going out. Uh, I said we were paying $500. We were, but it's, it's down to like uh, $325 what we pay. But they're going to give us uh, some of that back because it's been working. But we're at the very end of their line, literally. So if stuff happens before that on their main line, then we get cut off is what's happening. So they're trying to fix this uh, for us. So uh, please be, continue to be patient and please continue to pray that uh, we all get this together. Okay. Yes, yesterday was my anniversary of ordination, 32 years. Can you imagine? I'm getting old. And, and uh, me and my classmates, uh, my two other classmates, I put a picture on Facebook and everything. So, uh, and I, last year, and I Post, I posted every year. They say, Father, which one's you? And I'm the one that had the mustache. And people were making all kinds of comments about my mustache. And, uh, you know, about, oh, Father, you should regrow it. There's no reason for me to grow a mustache. It's just I have to 
because with all the gray, I'm all gray now. I'm grayer than my mother. My mother last Saturday turned 80. Uh, so I went down on Friday to be with my mother and, uh, uh, she doesn't dye her hair or anything, but I'm grayer than my mother is. I'm 61, she's 80, and I says, how come I got more gray hair than you? And she goes, oh, it's good living. <laughs> so anyway, um, yes, we had a fine time. Thank you for all those of you that prayed for us. I had, uh, I remembered all you at Mass last night with the St. Joseph Mass and the uh, Novena. And so my intention was for all you and for your intentions. So again, thank you so much uh, for praying for me and my classmates. Uh, today's Father Michael Kasekis is 33 and Father John Dedish, for those of you who are in Erie, it's their 33rd today. So uh, you got to pray for them big time. Oh, I'm just saying. I used to be in their class, but remember I was thrown out. So <sighs> anyway, <laughs> no, but thank you. And thank you for those of you who prayed for my mother. Okay, so took some clicks to find you. I know, I don't know what's up with that. It should be easy enough. Uh, again, all this now, like on Podbean, I have two different channels now. I have for all the daily homilies, and then we have a channel just for Anchored in Hope. So when you go to Podbean, you have to actually search for Anchored in Hope with Father Larry Richards, and then sign up, and then it'll send it to you. And there it's just listening, so you can be driving and listening to this. Uh, but you have to go to the Anchored in Hope podcast with Father Larry Richards on Podbean, uh, and then it's It'll just come up every week, and it'll uh, help you if that's what you're interested in. Okay. Okay, where are we going here? Thank you for all your stuff. Thank you for tips and certain names. Divine Mercy, I'm glad. Uh, could you please leave your mic on during communion? Again, part of the thing with the daily mass is when I leave my microphone on, then that's all you hear. And so people are saying, Father, it's so distracting when you're, when you're trying to sing and you can't hear everybody else. And that's why I was turning it off. And then we find out you can't hear the music. So uh, again, all those things we working, we're working on. And it drives me insane that we don't have all this stuff done yet. But um, it's all new to us. So again, uh, it's working. And uh, I don't want... I want you to be focused not on me during communion or me saying the body of Christ. I want you to have your eyes closed and let Jesus hold you. So that's the primary. That's why before I give communion, I, I say, okay, sit back, let Jesus, ask Jesus to hold you, uh, feel his arms come around you, put your head on his chest and listen to his heartbeat. So I want you to be listening to Jesus at that time, not to me. That's why I turn it off. And because if I keep it on, then everyone in the parish, because now it's the regular microphone, all them, while they're going to communion, the only thing they will hear is the body of Christ, the body of Christ, the body of Christ. And again, I don't want them to go through that either. So it's, uh, again, but my primary thing is, so you aren't listening to me, listen to Jesus. Listen to Jesus, listen to Jesus. He's the only one that can do anything for us. Okay. Ah, happy to see you back. Health and safety. You started, if you started Eldest Pastor Bread of Life Now, would you do the same thing regarding people leaving Mass early? Uh, probably. <laughs> it's one of my pet peeves when people leave Mass early. Uh, and again, there's reasons to do it sometimes, but there are most people that leave Mass early. Let's just be 
completely honest here. It's because they just don't care. You know, if, if they have a kid and they're trying to take care of kids, that's an altogether different thing. If they're sick, if they, that's fine. But there's some people that just do it. And again, if you're in love with Jesus, you want to spend more time with Jesus, not get out as fast as possible. So it's one of my big things that I still preach big on when I get to uh, parish missions and that. And yes, I would still do the same thing. So how can you tell if you're surrendering to Jesus, Holy Spirit is working? Because you can tell anything according to Jesus because of the fruit, right? Jesus says, by your fruit, you shall know them. So what is our fruit? Is it being more loving? Are we more prayerful? Are we more at peace? You know, one of the things that should always be in our uh, life, by definition, is we should have peace because that was God's gift to us, right? The last thing Jesus did, peace be with you. Peace I give you. I don't give you peace as the world gives peace. I give you my peace, you know, which is the exact peace of God that he gave us. So we should always have peace. If we don't have peace, it's one of two things we got to look at. One, we might be in mortal sin. If we are in mortal sin or in sin, then that'll rob us of our peace. So instantly you should say, okay, if I sin, I lose my peace. So immediately repent. Say, God, I'm sorry, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do your will. And of course, God will listen to you and he will have mercy on you. huh? You got to go to confession, of course, but he'll give you the grace at that moment you repent. You know, sometimes we think that, uh, you know, and people teach that God leaves us when we sin. I've heard it, and I've uh, uh, debated this, different things. If God was to leave us when we sin, then we would not have the grace to repent. So somehow God always has to give us grace or we can't even repent. So sometimes we just think it's us, and so God, is, we sin and he leaves us. Well, then we couldn't even repent. We can't do anything without the grace of God, especially repent without the grace of God. It's a gift. So we got to always know that God is with us and he wants us to do better and he does different, uh, he's calling us to live his will and repent. So if I'm, if I'm not in sin, as far as I know, I have no sin that I am in and I still don't have peace, then that's a good sign I'm not doing his holy will. Doesn't mean I'm in sin, but I might be doing something that God will let me do, but it's not giving me peace. So that needs to always be our guide Am I in peace? Do I have peace? If I don't have peace, am I in sin? Am I living in his will? If I'm not in sin, then I really got to be praying that I'm doing God's holy will. I just It's just very important. It's the most important thing in your life. Remember, we talked about it many times. What is holiness is when God's will and our will become one. When Jesus said, thy will be done to the Father, when Mary said, fiat, let it be done to me. That's always our thing. When we say the our Father, your will be done. And we got to live it, right? We got to live that. But that's always the point that I am with all my heart striving to live God's will. But I believe, and again, this is a judgment, but it's an objective judgment. I'm not judging a particular person. But I believe most Catholics are living their will and asking God to bless it instead of seeking his will every day. And that's something we need to be doing every single day. We must be seeking God's holy will in our life. Uh, and that means we're doing it and we'll know we're in his will because we have peace. So do you have peace right now? And if you don't, what do you got to do to get there? 
That's how you know if you're surrendered to the Holy Spirit and if you're doing God's holy will. Hope that helps. Okay. Mike is off. Mike is off. No sound, I know. Um, can't hear. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I did start over. You're forgiven. Thank you. I'm sorry, it takes a while to catch up. I don't know if you got this. Dr. Ray is a riot. I know. He is uh, a little crazy, if you ask me, but that's why we're good friends. Um, Father, why did we say the Holy Ghost in the 70s now and the Holy Spirit? Are they both acceptable? Yes, they're both acceptable. Uh, the primary reason is because people figure and focus on ghosts. As so when we talk about Holy Ghost, people are thinking about a ghost, you know, as opposed that's not who the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is not a ghost, you know, where he's a ghost is what, uh, in a traditional understanding would be someone who has died and their body's still around. It's a ghost. So that's why the, the word, when it goes back to all the way back to Genesis 1, where it talks about the spirit over, was over the darkness or over the waters. The spirit, the word in Hebrew is ruah, R-U-A-H. And ruah is uh, the word breath, the breath of God. So when God breathed into Adam, the breath of life, the ruah of life. So it's breath, it's wind, it's spirit. So it was a way that uh, the connotations for ghosts were just, not as good as spirit, so that's why we went with spirit. And again, oversimplification, oversimplification is what the explanation I just gave you. But again, you can always tell. But of course, you know, older uh, Catholics and that still like, or more traditional Catholics say, it's Holy Ghost. You don't do it that way, though. If that's your preference, good. But don't be crazy in telling everybody else it's got to be their preference too because it's not in the Scriptures. I mean, it is in the Scriptures, but not into the uh, translation that we use now. So, again, hope that helps. Let's go here and start taking some of these other ones. What's the difference between the Nicene Creed and the Apostles' Creed? They were written in two different times. The Apostles' Creed is the oldest creed, and that can be used at Mass on Sunday and Holy Days. It is one of the options. Now, the Apostles' Creed is what we normally say, of course, when we say the Rosary um, or uh, the the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Uh, The Nicene Creed is what we normally say on Sunday. But you can also, they can be interchanged when it comes to Mass. The Nicene Creed was from the Council of Nicaea. And so it had to deal with, you know, the divinity of Jesus. And so that's why in the Nicene Creed, it's God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made. Uh, a little different now. But it's the same thing. It's, it's trying to say that Jesus Christ is God. So it's dealing with the heresies of the time of Nicaea when the, when the, um, Council was brought together, and they came out with this creed. So the oldest of creeds is the Apostles' Creed, which most churches use, Catholic and Protestants, and even a lot of Protestants will use the Nicene Creed, even though it's later, but it was really trying to develop the theology and making sure we made clear statements about what we mean about Jesus being God, primarily. Uh, but it, there's more there. So but good question. Thank you for asking. Okay, message retracted, message retracted, message retracted. Okay, Uh, your homily talks about bringing Jesus to others, but some just don't want to hear it. Besides being great examples, how can we evangelize if people don't want to hear Bible thumping? 
Well, we don't have to Bible thump. Um, I'm not a big Bible thumper. I'm a big uh, meeting people where they're at. And I think that, again, as I've talked about, it, the, what's the greatest need in every person? To be loved. And so if I'm meeting them at the, where they're at, then that's where their first uh, need is. And again, if we love people where they're at, then we can get them where God wants them to be. But sometimes we tell people where God wants them to be, which they're so far away from that. They don't even know God exists. They don't even know the love of God. They don't even know any of that stuff. And we're hitting them with, Yo, you'll go to hell if you don't. And they're going, eh, you know. So you know, they just don't care. And then they dismiss us forever. So, but nobody will sit there and uh, turn you off if you're loving them. They're just not going to do it. Again, part of the problem I see that sometimes religion divides everybody. Even in the Catholic Church, instead of uniting us, it divides us. Because this is what I believe, you're wrong, you believe something else. Whereas, remember Jesus said, his last prayer is, may they be one. And we have to focus on what we do agree on. There's a lot of stuff we agree on. There's some things we don't agree on. We don't dismiss it and say it don't matter that we don't agree. Of course it matters we don't agree. But why focus on that? Let's focus on we're called to love everybody, Catholics, Protestants, atheists, Jews, Muslims, everybody. We're called to love them because God does. There isn't one person, as I've talked about, God does not love. So there can be no one in our life we do not love. So uh, that's where we meet people. And then the best thing to do is what uh, the tradition I've developed and what I've told others is you do three things. You pray for somebody. You, have, you actually have them on a, a prayer list. that You pray for them by name every day. Go through that with the Lord. Ask the Lord to bless them. Again, because when you're praying for someone, you're a, a spiritual magnifying glass and uh, you're placing yourself over them, nothing with you, it's all God, the grace of God comes through you and can set them on fire. Like if you take a magnifying glass and you put it on a piece of paper and the sun is out, the sun's rays will go through that and set it on fire. Same in the spiritual life when you're praying for somebody. So the first thing you gotta do is just pray for these people by name. A lot of people don't wanna hear it. You know, sometimes I don't wanna hear people that come up and say, Father, this is what you need to be doing. I almost always dismiss that. As soon as they say that, it's like, uh, I just talked to Jesus this morning for an hour. He didn't tell me that. So I'm sure he didn't tell you to tell me, you know. But oh, no, no, Father, this is what you need to do. Or I read this book or this book you really, really need because this is the problem in the church, you know. Really? I'm, I get it. I know the problems of the church. I at least see them intimately. So the first thing we got to do is pray for people. The second thing, and we got to do it in this order. The second thing we got to do is love people. Again, if they see me as someone who will judge them, they will not listen to me. I won't listen to people who judge me either. And again, almost, almost every time, every daily mass, there's someone before mass is over, there's at least two people, usually, not always, that put the thumbs down and then they'll say something about uh, something I said or whatever. And then you have people that sit there and say, you know, like people that hope, hate Pope Francis or is one uh, person and just the whole thing during consecration, everything else. He is the Antichrist. He is this. So, but they're so Catholic, they're taking people away from focusing on Jesus during mass. Really? Is that of God? But again, no, I won't listen to anybody and I don't think people should listen to me unless we love them first. Just no one's gonna listen to any of us if we're not loving them. And so 
then that's first. So you first pray for people, you second pray, uh, love people, and then you witness to people. And you don't witness to people uh, the judgment of God at first. You witness to them the love of God, for so God so loved the world. Or even better, before you even talk objectively, when I talk about witnessing, I tell people, what I mean is you should tell people what Jesus Christ has done for you. In your own life, most people should have a, a, a B.C. and an A.D. in their life. Their life before Christ, when they fully surrendered their life to Jesus, and their life after Christ. That you and I should be able to say what Jesus Christ has done for us. But often, we're just telling people what they need to be doing for Jesus. We just tell people the judgment of God. But like, again, years ago, there was a person who used to sit there and say, ask me, he said, well, Larry, what do you think about my homily? He was talking and doing a confirmation. And I said, well, do you want me to tell you the truth or do you want me to just tell you nice things? And he said, no, 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 the truth. And I said, okay. What I, what I think you should be doing is that you should be sharing with these young people the power of the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit has done for you in your life. Because if you just teach, share them a teaching, well, it's too objective. It's too, like, out there. But if you talk about the Holy Spirit's power, like when the Holy Spirit came upon the apostles, there was great power there. And they could witness to that power. And we can do the same thing as we talked about last week. The Holy Spirit is great. He's everything. He's the core. So the only one that's going to convert anybody is the Holy Spirit, not you, not me. So again, how to bring people that don't want to listen Pray, excuse me, you pray for them, you love them, and then you witness to them. You pray for them, you love them, and then you witness to them. And more and more people come to know Christ if you do that in order than just by saying, they don't want to listen to me. Yeah, I might not want to listen to you either unless I know I love you love me. And then I'll listen to you and try to do anything because I know you care about me and you want what's best for me. But again, a lot of times we don't ever get there. We're only... Uh, doing that. I'm, sh I'm sure that's not you, but I'm just saying that if you want my advice, pray for them, love them, and then witness to them or tell them, okay? And you can do that best if you're really having a daily prayer to the Holy Spirit, asking the Holy Spirit. Like today, if you went to daily Mass, I was talking about the reality of how people live in the Holy Spirit how what a life looks like guided by that. And there you have Philip today, and it says in the beginning, it says angel, and then it says the spirit. But either way, it's God speaking through the angel or through the power of the Holy Spirit, who is God. And it said, the spirit said, go catch up, <coughs> excuse me, go catch up with that carriage. And he did. And there was a eunuch there. And he said, do you understand what you're reading? How can I unless someone teaches me? And then Philip start proclaiming the gospel to him. But it was the spirit that led him to do that. Sometimes we try to get in front of the Holy Spirit. And I want to do this. The spirit, if you're praying to the Holy Spirit every day, he'll tell you when to go up and he will tell you what is best and who to, uh, when to open your mouth and when to not open your mouth if you're truly listening to the Holy Spirit every day. So it's uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit that anyone comes to God, so it'll be the same in our hearts and in our lives. Okay, I hope that helps. Do, 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 your gray hair is a mark. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs>
Okay, what does it mean to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? To be baptized in the Holy Spirit is a charismatic. It's what we talk about in the charismatics. Um, and it's really, it's a, it's a misnomer. You're really baptized when you're baptized. But we call it a baptism because it's a, a release of the Holy Spirit in your life. Huh? And so, again, if I give you a gift and it's wrapped up and there's a million dollars in that, it's yours. I've already given it to you. But for you to use it and for you to uh, live, you got to open the gift. When you were baptized, when I was baptized, when you were confirmed, when I was confirmed, we were given a great gift. God himself, the third person of the Trinity, took up residence inside of us. But again, most people have never opened that gift and surrendered their lives to the gift. So they die of spiritual malnourishment because they're not surrendering to the power of God inside of them. Again, you can receive the Eucharist every day, but it, to open the power of the Eucharist, what do you need? Faith. So you can go through the motion every day. It's not a vitamin pill. But if you just go through the motion receiving the Eucharist every day, every day, every day, but you don't have faith in its power or the, not in it, in the person of Jesus there, it doesn't, it doesn't change you because faith is what's necessary. So with all these things, it's a surrender to the power of God. So especially with baptism, it's a surrender of your life that the God of the universe takes complete, complete control. And again, to have, let God have complete control means he's in control of your money. He's in control of your family. He's in control of your sexual life. He's in control of your physical life. You know, again, sometimes, like with me, I'm going to come to my physical life, that I am a diabetic and I have to take care of myself. I can't get fat. I've been there. And people say, what difference does it make? Because this is the temple of the living God. And I got to be doing God's will. So I don't just sit there and stuff my face. It becomes a greedy thing because this is the place where God dwells inside of me, just as he does that in you. We are temples of the Holy Spirit. So we got to take care of ourselves, surrender ourselves, let God have lordship over every part of our life. Because if he's not Lord of one part of your life, he's not Lord of any part of your life, right? It just takes one thin uh, thread to keep a bird from flying. One part of your life that's not surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Sorry, hit the wrong button because I got too excited. <laughs> so it happens. Anyway, so the uh, anything that's not surrendered in your life and my life to the Holy Spirit that keeps us from truly being and doing what God wants us to do. Huh? So that's just, we got to remember this and uh, know this and make sure that there's every part of your life. So ask the Holy Spirit now while you're listening to me. Spirit living God, is there any part of my life which is not surrendered yet to you? And if there is, that's what you need to surrender. And just don't be afraid. You know, I think that a lot of people don't surrender their lives to Jesus or the power of the Holy Spirit because they're afraid that God might take them a place they don't want to go. Please. God loves you more than you love you. He knows what's best for you 
more than you know what's best for you. He can see tomorrow. He can see the end of your life. And he knows what's best. So when you and I completely surrender everything to him, he promises to take care of us for eternity. Now, he doesn't promise to make us happy on this earth, right? We try this. We look for it. um, And there's ways that we can be happy. But he's preparing us for eternal life. And so always, I got to always be looking towards God, saying yes to his will, knowing that even if he takes us to the cross, even if he takes us to the cross, he doesn't leave us at the cross. He brings us to life just like he did with Jesus. So we've got to, it's just an act of trust in our whole life. So do not be afraid of surrendering yourself completely to God. Well, I'm thinking about it. Last week, I got some comments about uh, the consecration of St. Joseph and everything else, and I didn't mention anyone's name or book, and I'm not going to. That's not my point. I don't want to do anything except bring glory to Christ and to make sure that we're doing what we need to be doing. But I talked about another book that I have truly liked, and I think it's a great book. Also, uh, the other one's fine, but this one also. And it's a great book because, it, uh, first of all, it says, Consecration to Jesus through St. Joseph, which is what I talked about. We need to consecrate ourselves to Jesus through St. Joseph. An integrated look at the Holy Family. And this is a 44-day consecration. And there's great things for you to write in here. And it's written by Dr. Gregory Bataro and Jennifer Settle. And it's a great, great book. And this is the one I've encouraged. It's a 44-day consecration uh, to St. Joseph. So if, again, if you're interested, um, use the other book. I'm not telling you what to do. But I'm telling you that you need to consecrate yourself to Jesus through Joseph. We don't consecrate ourselves to any saint, any person. We always go to Jesus through them, and that would be the best thing. But again, consecration to Jesus through St. Joseph. Dr. Gregory Bataro and Jennifer Settle. It's a great book. Encourage you, those who want to uh, do that. That's another book, and you can do that. Okay, so let's go on. How can the laity inspire fellow sinners to seek the radiance of the Holy Spirit. We can easily identify with God, the Father, and the Son. However, many distance seem distant to the Holy Spirit. There's a great book in the Holy Spirit which I love. It's not a Catholic book. It's written by a man who's pretty Catholic, though, in his thought. It's amazing. But Francis Chan, Francis C-H-A-N, he has a book called The Forgotten God the forgotten God. And it's really a great book about the reason it's called the forgotten God is a lot of people have forgotten the power of the Holy Spirit. And so he talks about the history of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit in our own life. And one of the examples I've used again and again is he talks about, let's say someone wants to be a great football player and they're saying, I want to be a great football player. And they're praying, God, let me be a good football player. Please, I want to be a good football player. And God appears to him and says, What's your, what's your, what do you want? And he goes, I want to be a great football player, God. And he says, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to live inside of you, and I'm going to play football in you. So if that happens, you think that uh, person would be a great football player? He'd be the best as long as he can get out of the way and let the, uh, God uh, play football through him. Well, God says to us, I want you to be a best Christian ever. And to do that, 
I am going to come and live inside of you. And so our job is to get out of the way and let Jesus live his life through us by the power of the Holy Spirit, right? Again, those of you who know me knows my favorite verse of the Bible, which will be on my gravestone when I die at 120 because a good die young is Galatians 2, 19 and 20. Some it's just Galatians 2, uh, 20, but it says, I have been crucified with Christ. So the life I live now is no longer my own. Let me say that again. The life I live now is no longer my own. Jesus lives inside of me. Again, Jesus lives inside of me. I still live my human life, yes, but it's a life of faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. Do you really believe that Jesus Christ lives inside of you, that you are the tabernacle of God? Do you really believe that? Because that's what he said. Is Jesus a liar? I no longer live, says St. Paul. Jesus lives inside of me. And Paul, again, we've talked about, never heard Jesus give a homily, never saw him perform a miracle. His whole experience of Jesus was a resurrected experience that we can also have. But that's going to happen in our prayer. That's just why it's so important to pray. And again, if you have problems praying, wake up earlier. It just, you know, this morning I was up at 3.55 in the morning. Why? So I could pray. Because again, like today, my, I had all these plans today and the Lord took me in different ways that I was not expecting this morning. <laughs> you know, I had all this, I have to get my taxes done. I still don't have them. I said, okay, I'm going to dedicate the day to do my taxes. Didn't have a chance at all to do my taxes today. So that's why the very first thing I do every morning, every morning, every morning is give my time to God, period. So if you're struggling with prayer, wake up earlier. What do you wake up for in the morning? Do you wake up for a job? Do you wake up to eat? Do you wake up just for your family? Or do you wake up for God? Wake up for God. You don't have to wake up at 3.55. You don't have to work. wake up at 4 o'clock. You don't have to wake up at 5 a.m. Take 10 minutes earlier than what you're doing now and give that 10 minutes to God. Just start with God. And again, the best way, in my opinion, to do that is to go with the Bible, ask before you get out of bed, ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you through his word, pray to the Holy Spirit, then open up the word and read until God uh, speaks to you. And again, the way you know it's of him is it gives you peace. Then write that on a piece of paper and then put it in your pocket if you can't remember it and then talk to God all day. Before you listen to the world, the flesh, or the devil, listen to God. Let him be the first one to speak to you. Not yourself, not others, God. And if you start your day listening to God, you'll learn to listen to him throughout your day. But if you don't start your day listening to God, it's going to be very hard to listen to him throughout the rest of the day. So no matter who you are, no matter what you're doing, start your day with God. That means waking up earlier, wake up earlier. You can do this. I know you can. 
It'll transform your life. First, God. Everything else after God. Okay? So, let's go here. I have no idea what that question is. Is there free will in heaven? Yes, of course there is. There got to be free will in heaven because then we couldn't have love. There is no such thing as love without free will. That's why God gave us. Remember I talked before that the very first gift God gave us was existence. The second, uh, free, the second gift God gave us was free will, according to St. Thomas Aquinas. Do people have free will to inflict suffering in heaven as they do on earth? Again, they do, but they wouldn't stay in heaven. And again, this is where some people say, well, once you're in heaven, you're always in heaven. Well, I guess, but at the same time, the reason you are is because <laughs> heaven is the place of love. So that's why if we're not learning, the whole purpose of our time on earth is to love God and love others. Remember, Jesus asked the greatest commandments, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then later on, he says, love one another as I have loved you. He took it even deeper. So the only way we're ever going to get to heaven is by what Jesus did for us, but then we're taking his power and living it, so we're living lives of love of the Father and love of others, right? That's what it gotta be. So once we're uh, focused on love, you know, once you become a person of great love and you're other-centered, that doesn't go away. You know, even on this earth, that doesn't go away. You gotta learn to be that, and that's why, I think one of the biggest problems is so many people are only focused on rules and only focused on dogma, which we have to live dogma. That's why my new book out coming is on the Lord's Prayer is called Just Live It. And I want it to be just, I want you to hear me saying when you look at this book, just live it. Don't debate it. Don't argue it. Don't jump up and down and say, you're right, you're wrong. Just live it. And when you and I are just living Jesus, just living love, just living the Lord's Prayer, we don't have time. You know, I love one of them. I've seen it more and more lately. Uh, uh, I'm too busy washing feet to be judging other people. Too many people have way too much time on their hands, especially online, and they spend all this time judging people. And God's saying, you're missing everything. I created you to judge no one. That's why I forbid it. I created you to love everyone, and you're sure not doing it. And I think people are going to be so surprised when they stand before the judgment seat of God when he said, I was hungry and he gave me no food. I was thirsty. You gave me no drink. Get out of my sight. You condemned. What? I argued about you. I told people they had to follow your rules. I told all the people you have to do these things. But you never knew me. You never knew me in prayer. And you never knew me and my, my least of the brothers and sisters. That's why it's so important that we put, if you haven't done it yet, you put in your bathroom mirror, I am third, I am third, I am third. And every night when you brush your teeth, you think that I do at least one unselfish act for someone else today. And that these answers no, you wasted your day in Christ today. You only lived for yourself. And think about how many people only live for themselves in Jesus' name. That's not of God. It's not the will of God. It just isn't. But again, he's calling us to be like him, to be like him. Am I being like him? Huh? So again, yes, so that's the whole thing. 
Okay, let's take another one from here. So if one thinks something is God's will and one doesn't have peace about it, does that mean it's not God's will? Usually, not always, but usually. That's why it's so important you're really saying, okay, God, then what do you want me to do? Huh? Again, it takes discernment. That's why it's important if you can get a spiritual director to get a spiritual director uh, to help you discern God's will. But again, like I'm a spiritual director usually only to seminarians and that. And so when I'm uh, uh, doing spiritual director for uh, seminarians or people who are thinking of seminary, I'm always saying, okay, what gives you peace? Where's the Lord leading you this? Are you, are you at peace about this? And if the answer is no, and I say, okay, you got to keep praying until you got peace about this. You know, you just got to keep doing it. Because even when Jesus struggled, when he said, your will be done, your will be done, and your will be done, he who struggled with it, but when he finally said, your will be done, he had peace with it. And so we can struggle with God's will, but we still need to surrender to it. And then at the end, he'll give us peace, and then we can do what we need to do. But again, he'll always give us a greater life than we could ever imagine. Okay. What would you... Okay, I Father. This is Jerry from Fayette, North Carolina. Good to see you or hear from you. We watch your Mass every day. You poor people, you get out of purgatory early. Anyway, when will we be able to see the blood of Christ? Uh, I have no idea. It's going to be quite a while, I think. Um, But again, you got to remember that Trent dealt with this already, that when you receive the host, you receive the body, blood, soul and divinity of jesus so the cup is given just for a fuller symbol but you don't get more of jesus you it's just the the way to participate in the fullness of it but you get 100 percent, 100 percent body and blood of jesus whether you drink from the cup or whether you eat the host it's both jesus so but to go back to that it's kind of like i was talking in my own parish i says uh I don't know if we're ever going to go back to putting our hands, dipping them in holy water. You know, because, again, uh, most of you have never had to clean a holy water font. (laughs) But if you do, I've had to do it throughout these 32 years. There's so much garbage in there at the bottom, and there's all this stuff floating around because different people, all their stuff they have on their fingers now, and they put it in there. It becomes a common pot, you know, so you can pick up. Now it's blessed, holy water, so God takes care of us, I believe, just like when you drink the precious blood of Jesus. But so now we have at uh, my parish, we have these uh, things you put your hand under and it gives you holy water. You're still getting holy water, uh, but it's being uh, uh, dispensed to you like eight drops and so then it's, a, it's more, uh, you know, healthier for you. Uh, people are still getting holy water because I think holy water is a powerful tool. I think it's one of the reasons we need it more than ever now. So we have to look at all the ways. So when I found this and I put it in, because I have a traditional parish, I, I made these holy water uh, fonts out of the old uh, pews we had there, and we put this dispenser inside so it looks very traditional while it's very modern. But like a lot of that stuff, it's going to be a while before we ever, even when priests, when we can celebrate, um, we do it by intinction because so none of us have to drink from the same cup. And again, it's, um, yeah, I don't know what the future holds, but I do know that Jesus has it. So I trust him no matter what's going to happen here. 
whatever he leads us, you know, we can work it out. God will still like today. We're still getting holy. Um, we're still getting holy water. And when you receive his body, you're getting his body and blood. When the symbol can be more fully realized, then it'll happen. So, but just trust God that God will take care of us. Okay. Okay. I don't know if it's the right place for the questions. Yeah, but I would love to hear on the podcast Father Larry's thoughts of what a man should do if he is the one that takes his faith seriously, but his wife has turned her back on the faith. Often we hear about the other way around, but this affects me and a few of my friends. Pray fast, trust in the Lord, I think. (laughs) Do you know me? Uh, Again, the best thing we do for our spouses, whether they be uh, our husbands or our wives, is we love them. Sometimes our spouses look at us and they think we've went nuts. And like, I, like I'm in charge of the retreat program called Divine Mercy Encounter. So I always tell my kids when they're making this retreat, I says, what I want you to do is I don't want you to go home and be a Jesus freak. I want you to go home and love your family more. And then as you love them, they're going to think, what happened to my kid that he is or she is so loving now? And then they'll be attracted to Jesus. So too, with you, if, uh, if you're the husband or you're the wife, they should be thinking, why is my husband so much more loving towards me, so much more merciful towards me, so much more kind towards me? And then they ask you, say, what happened? You go, Jesus, it's all Jesus. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, that's what I want. Like I have a friend who's like a semi-atheist, not a true atheist, uh, just been hurt by the church and different things. But he says, I get crazy over the church, and he does. But when he sees people living the faith, you know, taking care of the poor, being very loving to others, then he's attracted to Jesus. Now, it doesn't mean we're not uh, saying hard things. Come on. All you have to do is listen to any of my homilies. You know, I can say some very hard things. When I was in Dallas last weekend, one guy come up to me and says, Father, I always thought you were nice. You can be harsh. And I go, yes, I can. When I'm dealing with all men and I want to make a point, I can be very strong. I said, I hope it's not harsh, but I want it to be strong. I want you to go home and think and remember everything I said. And so a lot of times, like when I'm doing a mission, I will sit there and I will I tell people uh, almost uh, every night I'm going to get you mad at me at least once because I'm going to say things to make you mad when I'm doing a mission because I want you to remember it. When you're in bed tonight and you're praying for my death because I made you mad, now you got to think about what I said, right? As long as I do it in love. Jesus made a lot of people mad, but he did it in love. And that's what we got to do too. Huh? So again, we just love people, love people, and that usually, uh, eventually, will win them over. It just will. But sometimes we're the most so religious that everybody else is uh, thinking, oh, they're crazy, they're crazy. They shouldn't see that. They should see they're crazy, they're crazy. They're so loving, they're so merciful, they're so good. Ah, that's a good crazy. Not a crazy where people are just being cra- uh, nuts on everybody else, and I know you're not doing that, I'm sure, but I'm just saying, Okay. I've got 10 more minutes here, so let's go on. What would you say to a fallen away elderly Catholic who's not sure that there is life after earthly death? 
that's where we got to bring hope, huh? And that's where I tell them now, I says, it's so important for you now to get to know Jesus so you're not going to be afraid when you die. And again, even these elderly ones, they've said prayers. But you know, you can say prayers every day and not know Jesus, huh? Every day. Like if you say the rosary every day, if you're not meditating on the mystery, where most don't, they just say it. They'll announce the mystery, but they're thinking of all these other things when they're praying instead of really entering into the mystery. Like when Jesus is born and you're sitting there and you're watching Jesus be born, however he was born. And then there's Mary holding the baby Jesus in her arms and you watch this. And then Mary looks at you in the midst of your meditation on the third joyful mystery. And Mary looks at you and says, here, would you like to hold him? And then you hold Jesus Christ. That's how you say the rosary. Huh? You enter into the mystery. So when you truly enter into prayer and not just say prayers, it'll help you not be afraid. Again, in my own experience uh, last August when I had diabetic ketosis and all my, uh, they said all my organs were uh, dying and they says, you know, you might make it for, and I was just so at peace about it because it was happening. Okay, I'm ready. Now, a couple of weeks ago when I told me I have cancer and I was going crazy over that and had nothing to do with the dying part. It had to do with the suffering part. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to look to all that stuff. Again, struggle with the will of the Father. You can struggle, but it wasn't his will for me by God's grace. But what if it was his will? Then I'd have to re-go and refocus and just spend time with Jesus. Again, when I dealt with the high school boys and They'd come to see me every day because I was the chaplain at the boys' school, and they would want coffee, and I'd have hot chocolate and donuts or bagels or whatever. And they'd come running up to me, and I'd say, uh, and they'd come in, and, Father, you got some coffee yet? And I'd just say, did you stop and see Jesus? No. And I said, you go in there and see Jesus first. Then you can come get some coffee. And so then I'd go in there and genuflect and hurry. You get in there and spend time with Jesus. And I would say when they'd come in, I says, listen, do you want to go to heaven? Well, sure, Father. Well, you know, when you're in heaven, your whole eternity is going to be spent with Jesus. And if you don't want to spend two minutes with him now, you're not going to want to go to heaven. I'm just telling you now. So you got to go and spend time. So, and again, I'm encouraging you to tell those older, that older person or whoever is facing to spend time in the arms of Jesus while they're alive. You know, it was sad, uh, a person who does, uh, wrote a bunch of priest letters, but they wrote uh, a letter to us talking about they worked at hospice for like 20 years, and they said, the people who are most afraid of dying are Catholics. And I was like, whoa. But the reason most Catholics are afraid of dying because most of them, not all, but a lot of them, just go through the motions of being Catholic. They'll go to church, but they want to leave before the final blessing, or they just want to get in and out, or they find a priest that says the fastest mass around. They may say their prayers before they go to bed, but they're not into intimacy with Jesus. You know, when people come to me confession, especially if they're older, and I'll say, are you praying every day? And they're saying no. And I said, listen, 
you got to get prepared to see Jesus. So you got to start praying every day. You just got to do it. And they'll say, okay, Father, I, no, 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 you don't understand. For your own peace, you need. So when you're dying and you're taking your last breath, you're not going to be afraid. If you haven't prayed every day and you're not really developing your relationship with Jesus Christ, you're going to be petrified as you're taking your last breath. I'm trying to save you from being petrified. Get to know Jesus now. Listen to him. Let him hold you. Let him love you so that you can know that you know that you know that you know that you know Jesus Christ. Again, the teaching of the church, Baltimore Catechism, who made me? God made me. Why did God make me? God made me to know him, to love him, and serve him in this world so I can be with him forever and the next. The very reason you were created is to know God. Do you know God? Do you know him like you know your husband, your wife, your mother, your father, your sister, your brother, your best friend? Do you know God? If not, not about God. That's not what I'm asking you. I'm not asking you if you're saying a rosary every day. I'm not asking you if you're going to Mass every day. I'm asking you, do you know God? If the answer is no in the depth of your being, then you got to spend more time in his arms listening to him. you got to spend more time reading the Bible to get to know him you got to get to know him for you, not because Father Larry told you, not because your friend told you, not because this priest told you, but you need to get to know Jesus. And once you get to know Jesus, you can live a life where you're not always afraid, especially about dying. Okay? So I hope that helps you guys. I have to, uh, uh, again, cut off so I can get to my next appointment. And tonight's our, uh, the reason for our hope, uh, board meeting. So again, I just want you to know that I so appreciate you coming and spending time with me at this, uh, just these questions and answers. Again, I don't know all the answers. Again, I don't always give the best answers. Again, I don't always give the most, uh, complete answers, but I do my best, you know? And again, if I, if I mess up or if I ever say anything against the teaching of the church, you make sure you tell me in a gentle way because I don't want to do anything against the, the teaching of the church because the church is, brings us salvation. It teaches truth. And I, of course, never want to go against any of that stuff. Uh, and sometimes I do without even thinking about it or I take things in different ways. And uh, again, that's not what I ever want to do. So again, I just ask you to pray for me and I, I just promise you that I pray for all of you every morning and every night. Every morning and every night when I, I pray, I pray for you. And uh, just pray that I never do anything to bring scandal upon the church or upon Jesus, that I only point people to Jesus. Um, that's all I want, to bring people and to point them to Jesus every day as best I can in my uh, I don't know why God uses me <laughs> because I am, I have issues, lots of issues. And uh, like all of us do, we're all in this together. So together, 
Let's just keep seeking God and seeking his will in our lives, okay? Pray for me and I'll pray for you. The Lord be with you. May almighty God bless, keep, and protect every one of you. He who is Father and Son and Holy Spirit, amen. God bless you. Thank you for being with me this week. See you later. Next week, same time. God willing, God bless you.